Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Valley Ranch Islamic Center podcast. I'm your host, Nye Armstrong, and today we'll be talking to Sheikh Omar Suleiman about his Hajj experience. Why is Hajj so important to Muslims? So Hajj is the one of the five pillars of Islam, obviously, so it starts from there. So you can't be a Muslim if you don't have the intention to do Hajj uh, when you are physically and financially able to do so. Mm-hmm. So it is important in that it is just you know, of the most fundamental parts of being a Muslim, just like prayer, just like fasting, just like zakah, um, is. But on top of that, the spiritual part of that is that Hajj is a reconnecting with Allah in the most fundamental sense where you renew your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you leave there like the day that your mother gave birth to you, as the Prophet Sallallahu said, which is like when you become Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you go there and everything that was between you and Allah, all the uh, all the dust that you gathered, all the stains of sin, all the distractions, all of that is sort of put behind and it's a renewal of purpose. And so you're going there, you know, with uh, sort of an element of, of a return to Allah, right? And that's why it resembles death in so many different ways, right? You sort of leave the entire world behind you, um, sleeping in, 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 the, in the open, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Minan, Musdarifa, and Arafah, nothing around you, you know, intense maximum. And, um, it's just this this ultimate reconnection with Allah in the purest sense. So the the complete affirmation of the oneness of God. And so like the desire for people to go on Hajj, like as a convert, for me, it's hard to like connect that. Yeah. Like it, I just am, it's like always something like I know I should do, but I don't know why I need to do it mm-hmm. or should want to do it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's one of those things where you obviously have Umrah and then you have Hajj, right? Um, I think that from from just a, a pure um, spiritual connection, it's hard to know how how important Hajj is to you if you've never been to Mecca, never been to Medina, if, mm-hmm. if the Kaaba is just this picture on the wall, and this is just some command, you know, that's in the Quran, that's to do Hajj one day. But um, it's sort of like how when you fast Ramadan, you know, if, if you, you develop some of the benefits of fasting, then that might lead you to want to fast on a voluntary basis sometimes or to recreate some of the elements of Ramadan. Um, if a person has gone to Umrah, then it's like, I want to go to Hajj. You know, it's, that's sort of the next part of that. Or if a person goes to Hajj, when can I come back for Umrah? Mm-hmm. So the importance of it is the command of it, obviously. But then it's a connection to Ibrahim Islam, to the Prophet Abraham, a connection to Muhammad Sallallahu It's a connection to all of those places. Everything you've heard about in the seerah mm-hmm. becomes so real when you go to Mecca and Medina. It's like, wow, this is where that happened. This is where that happened. Oh my God, that's the, the body of the Prophet Sallallahu is right there. Um, okay, this is where all of this took place. Like it just, it, it makes it all so real to you. So until then, it's a picture on the wall, but inshallah ta'ala can become more than that. Yeah. What was your first Hajj experience like? Um, first Hajj was 2006 for me. It was the year after a major, one of the major tragedies that took place. Um, so there was some anxiety uh, surrounding the entire Hajj that year. But it was beautiful weather. It was uh, January. So it's like perfect weather in Saudi Arabia at mm-hmm. that time. Um, I got to Medina and I fell in love with Medina right away. So Medina feels like home mm-hmm. um, right away to you. Like it's it's very interesting what Medina does to people. Um, you connect to it in a very special way. And then going to Mecca, it was like, 
oh my God, like, is this even real, you know? Mm. Um, and that experience was, was really one of just familiarizing yourself. Like there's so much shock while you're there initially, like, am I really here? Is this really happening? Is, is this all? And it's rapid. Once you start the Hajj itself, it just, it's like, get up, get on the bus, got to go here. Okay, do this now, do this here. Um, I got very sick. Um, most people get sick their first time going to Hajj just because there are so many people from all over the world. So even before COVID, everyone's bringing their, <laughs> their illnesses, their unique strains of illness. So I got really sick. Um, but uh, subhanAllah, it was, it, was, um, it was so enriching that, I mean, it just so happened that my mom would pass away after that Hajj. And I'd go to Hajj the next year uh, for her like on mm -hmm. her behalf, subhanAllah. So I, I didn't know when I would be back. I definitely had that connection of like, I can't wait to get back for mm -hmm. Omar or something like that. But then, yeah, yeah, my mother had passed away and I jumped on a Hajj group uh, right after that uh, for 2007 as well. So mm -hmm. I went to Hajj actually in 06 and 07 back to back. Um, not as a guide, but for my first Hajj and then Hajj on behalf of my mom. Yeah. What is the difference in going as a guide versus going as just like a regular pilgrim like oh it's everything i yeah. mean like so so right now if you ever go to hajj with me inshallah you will go to hajj with me inshallah, <laughs> inshallah, soon. inshallah. um when you're a guide um you know the whole hajj you're, you're you're teaching other people how to do hajj you're answering questions you're taking people here taking people there but what i do is on the day of arafah i tell my group like no one come near me on the day of arafah like arafah i'm going to tell you what to do then i'm going to go i'm going to lead Pray the Hur Asr, I'll give the khutbah, and I'm actually going to sit in the same spot I gave the khutbah until Maghrib. Um, and people just kind of bring me some water and stuff, and I'm, I'm sitting out there cooking in the heat. But I tell people, like, on Arafah day, like, that's kind of my day as a hajj guide. Mm -hmm. um, you know, individually, we all need to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala differently in that regard. But as a guide, um, you know, you're, you're really just um, busy uh, tending to people, being with the group. Uh, I try to go to Medina a day or two early just to kind of have my first day or my, my first or second day with, in Medina alone just to kind of have that connection. Um, but other than that, it's the day of Arafah. And what I will say that there's a unique joy as well in being a guide in mm -hmm. that um, you get to live the, the Hajj experience like it's the first time every time you take people to the Kaaba for the first time. You mm -hmm. see the emotions that you felt the first time you saw the Kaaba. You see the emotions that you felt the first time you were in front of the Prophet Sallallahu in Uhud and in these places. And so it's it's special in and of itself. Yeah. It's a different experience. I love, I absolutely love taking people to the Haram and then looking at them and their eyes and them bawling and, and, and mm -hmm. breaking down into tears. And then it brings me back to my first time every time that happens. Oh, that's really, that's really just, it's kind of beautiful um, that you can just sort of like build that empathy and connect with people and then also connect to your experience on Hajj. Alhamdulillah. Um, what do you, what do, when you're, what would you say is something that we should be really focusing upon versus what we're traditionally taught if somebody goes on Hajj? Like, you know how mm. you're just like, do, you have do this, do that, do that. But like, what would you say is something that we should really? So I'd say the main thing is don't wait for the Hajj to prepare for the Hajj. Um, a lot of people don't learn. They kind of take the prep stuff not so seriously. And then so what happens is when they actually get in the moment, things are so hectic and they're trying to learn things while they're there. Like, what do I do next? Yeah. So study what you're going to do before you get there. Like, like take your Hajj prep webinars and seminars very yeah. seriously. Read your guide over and over again. Ask your questions in advance. 
because otherwise what happens is that people get lost in the crowd and they're trying to go through their books and their apps to try to figure out what do I do next. So being well prepped actually settles you a bit when you're there because you know that, okay, I, I know what to do, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that allows me to focus on the spiritual connection because I've got the mechanics down. Otherwise, I'm lost because I don't know if my hedge is valid or not. I don't know if I did this right or not. And yeah. so I'm getting stressed out because of that. And that's the number one source of stress for people when they're there is that I do this wrong, did I do this wrong? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, we mentioned this, you know, multiple times in the seminar. I told you this was going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, so what happens is, you know, with my group, we always do head seminar and then we go to Medina first. And then Medina will have like refreshers. And even then, for some people, they'll still make the same mistakes that were mentioned in the seminar and in the refreshers. Yeah. So get it down, study it. Um, I think it's beautiful for people to reconnect with the sirah right before they go. So listening to like a Sira series, you know, um, that's out there or watching something on the Sira, even if you watch like that old movie, The Message or something like that, mm-hmm. just reconnecting with the whole atmosphere of the Sira, uh, meeting Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam now that we have that. And this year's Ramadan series is, is basically that, the Hajj of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So reconnecting with everything that happened there before they go. And I think when, when you're there, um, it's really important to understand before you go to Hajj that the ibadah of Hajj, part of the ibadah of hajj, part of the worship of hajj is the exhaustion of it. Mm. Hajj is a busy ritual. It's not, let me sit and enjoy my, no, it's like, it's busy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's getting tired. It's your sleep schedule adjusting every day to something new because this day you need to be awake between dhuhr and maghrib, this day you need to be awake between isha and fajr. Like you've, you've got to be able to make those adjustments. So it's exhausting. It's a lot of walking. It's tiring. It's hot most of the time in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get elbowed because there's just that many people from different walks of life, different countries. Like it's, it's a tough ritual when you're actually in the Hajj. Medina is very calm, very sweet, serene. That's why like for my package emphasizes going to Medina first to get people in the mindset first. Um, but that's the, that, that is the ibadah of Hajj. The, the worship of Hajj is like, is going through the process, going through the motions of life and death and, and worshiping intensely despite intense changing circumstances by the minute, you know? So it's not like Ramadan where let me get a nice comfortable place in the masjid and let me listen to the Imam's beautiful recitation and enjoy it. No, it's like going with it and, and just trying to capture every moment that you can while you're there. Like stay in the moment as yeah, much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, I was going to say, be like, but I think you answered this, which is, how can you be in the moment versus focusing on logistics? But I feel like you answered that in study, have yeah. your prep like yeah. nailed. Yep. Yeah. Anything else that you could say to get people to stay within the moment instead mm-hmm. of focusing on the chaos? Yep. Yeah. Um, how can people bring sort of like the lessons of Hajj into their home if they can't experience it for themselves? You know, it's Hajj is a ritual of patience. It tests your patience quite a bit. Patience with, you know, suddenly your bus broke down and you're going to be sitting out here for eight hours. Patience with a hotel not being ready. Patience with sudden changes. Patience with a sudden illness and trying to fight through it to get through something. So patience is, you know, like, like you are... You know, there's a moment when tawaf gets so crowded where you kind of feel like you're picked up by the crowd and you're just kind of going around the Kaaba, right? And it's sort of like... You're going with the flow. Oh, man, that just you're really not. legit made me panic. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, but they have they have other. You can do the second level, okay, third okay. level. You get, but yeah. when you get in the thick of tawaf at a busy time, like there mm-hmm. could be a time where you actually feel like it's like, are my feet even on the ground at this point? But you don't move at your own pace. You move at God's pace. Mm. You move where God takes you. You go where God takes you and at God's pace for you, and you submit yourself to that, and you let that pace unravel, and you uh, you absorb the lessons whether you're on the third round or whether you're moving at this speed or that speed, you're yeah. absorbing the lessons and you are submitting yourself to God's pace. Yeah. That is, I think, the major lesson of Hajj. You are not in charge. <laughs> that, that's an excellent lesson to be reminded of constantly. Yeah. 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 And that's why I tell, like, when we get to Hajj, I'm like, hey, look, it's important for you to remember, you're the guest, you're not the host. I don't care if you paid $25,000 and you got the VIP package. Mm-hmm. You are God's guest here. You're not the host. You're not in charge here. Things go wrong. The host has a plan for you. You are the slave. He is the master. Mm. Submit yourself. Um, you're, you're not a tourist. So like one thing I tell people is like, for God's sake, stop trying to take pictures of everything while you're there. Like I, I don't, I tell my group no pictures in the haram itself. Like don't do it yeah. because it just spoils it, right? It's like, you no, know, live the moment. Don't try to capture it for the world right now. Yeah. Not that it's haram, but it's like it's just a, a discipline that I feel like it, it, people lack. Uh, it takes you out of yeah, the moment yeah, yeah. completely. Like when you walk by the grave of the Prophet, I'm like half the people have their phones out. And it's like put your phones away. Like realize where you are for a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. So live the moment. Let God dictate the pace. Submit yourself to that pace as a guest, as a slave of God. And know that at the end of the tawaf, you're going to arrive, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there is an arrival. Um, so... I think that that's the main lesson is submission to God's pace. It's his pace, not yours. And um, impatience is often with God's pace for us, right? Yeah. So, no, like I'm going to let the tawaf carry me. Yeah. And God is at the center of my life. And inshallah, the end of it will be, will be, uh, will be pleasing to him. At inshallah. the end of the ihram, you come, out of, you come out of your ihram. So there's a moment where when you finish hajj, right? It's an emotional moment, very emotional moment. Like you, you got there. Um, even at the end of Arafah, um, and it's actually sometimes hard to bring people back, like to, to remind them that you're not done Hajj when you're done Arafah, but because there's so much emphasis on Arafah as a day of du'a, and people are going to sit there and pray for five, six hours nonstop and connect to God in that place. When you put your hands down and the sun sets, all right, people embrace like it's Eid. You mm. know, like it's like, like, oh my, like people feel different at the end of that, right? So you're, your group is embracing each other. And it's like, hey, the work is just getting started. We have still a lot of steps of Hajj to go. But there is a celebration of sorts um, in these steps, and especially at the end, the culmination of it all. Like, wow, we just went through this very difficult journey uh, together. So there is a moment of coming out of Ihram, and it, it's it's coming, you know. And so you got to kind of remind yourself of that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, you were saying, to like, taking pictures, etc. <laughs> You're very famous, mashallah, but... How do you deal with fans when you're on Hajj? Um, <laughs> it doesn't take you out of the moment or anything like that. Or um, let me let me think about this a little bit. So so I think that one of the things that happens with my Hajj immediate Hajj group mm-hmm. is that um, initially sometimes when people first come, there's that that barrier but alhamdulillah by the end of it we're family right so it's like for me like my priority is that my own hedge group are not fans Mm -hmm. not because they hate me at the end (laughs) but uh we're a hedge group and alhamdulillah every hedge group has unique dynamics yeah 
um, like pre-COVID, like my hedge group does, hedge reunions. I keep it small on purpose. I don't, I don't take a very large hedge group. That's why I don't blast it on social media. So you got to mm -hmm. find it um, online. Um, but it's sort of like we have our hedge WhatsApp groups. We have our every year, like we'll have that group has a group and then we'll do a hedge reunion and people get together. So my goal is to break that barrier between me and the hijaj, mm -hmm. uh, my own hijaj. And then honestly, you know, walking in Medina and walking in Mecca and, you know, people walking. I up mean, it's not like you can hide. You're so I had the mask <laughs> game on strong oh, before gotcha. COVID. Yeah, I yeah. always would wear my mask, all right? Like that was, <laughs> they, would, they would call it my niqab. Like yeah. I always had my mask on. But it's like, it's like I'm 6'5". I'm I couldn't really hide. You no, know? So, you really can't. So it wasn't really working even then. Hmm. Um, but look, it's, it's, it's humbling. It's mm -hmm. humbling to meet people from around the world that say, I watched this and I benefited. Um, it's humbling. It really is humbling. And then for me, it's like I have to remind myself that, you know, uh, I'm here to to ditch the dunya, and part mm -hmm. of the dunya is um, this this praise that comes from people that largely is because of a perception they have of me rather than what is really me. Mm -hmm. So I got to ditch it, and um, so I have to just stay grounded, smile for the picture even under my mask sometimes, say salam, uh, take the take the words for what they are. If it's that I benefited, then alhamdulillah for that. If it's praise that I don't deserve, then may Allah forgive me for that. And um, I, I think it, it, does, it does remind me every year, though, how much smaller uh, the Muslim world is becoming in the sense, like, how interconnected everything is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Completely right? insane. Of, yeah, it is. So one beautiful thing I'll say, though, about Medina in particular, every time you, you like, when, even 2006, 2007, you run into everyone you know in Medina in some, somehow. Like, it just happens. And so it's like even especially a lot of the, the North American um, or, or not just North American, like British, um, Canadian, American, Western scholars as a whole, everyone tends to bump into each other in Medina, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. You just bump into everybody in Medina. So it's it's It's, it's like great. coming home. It is. Li it, it literally. Is. It's literally coming home. It's mm -hmm. Palan Medina. You meet everyone that you know. Yeah. So I remember when I went in 2006, just randomly, like I'll be praying and it's like there are millions of people here, but like next to me is a how did this person from New Orleans end mm -hmm. up right next to me? Yeah. But it's just like Allah just puts it, puts everyone in place in Medina. So alhamdulillah for that global brotherhood and sisterhood. And um, I will say that, that um, the universality of Islam hits you in Hajj like no other place. You know, we often talk about how it's meant to break down the barriers of elitism and classism and racism, which it should. But unfortunately, some of the, the discrepancies and packages now in hotels and accommodations are kind of taking away from that spirit of Hajj that Malcolm spoke about when he went in 1965 or 1964. Um, but uh, one thing that you can't take away, and we should try to bring back that spirit, is just the beauty of the diversity, that there is no other ummah in the world that's just this diverse. It's, it's beautiful. People from every corner of the world coming, speaking different languages. The clothes are different. In Medina, you see it, right? Because in Hajj, you're in Haram. Um, when you go to Mecca, just it's like, oh, my God, like countries you didn't even know existed, and Muslim populations from everywhere, mm -hmm. right? So what's it like when you're praying and you just look around, you got like, you know, on one, well, I, I remember um, one time praying in Medina, and, you know, just randomly saying, Salam alaikum to the brother next to me. He was from Fiji. Brother on my left was from Mali. And then Fiji and Mali are talking. And then, like, oh, where are you from? Well, I'm from Guyana. Okay. And it's like, it's just like, we're just spreading, like, suddenly had a conversation with, like, six or seven of us. And, like, n it was just beautiful to see hmm. Muslims coming from all around the world. Yeah. 
Now, I know you probably have one specifically from the time you went on Hajj with your mother, but is there um, a memory that you just like hold close to your heart and cherish so much um, from your journeys on Hajj? Yeah, so I went for my mom, right? Mm -hmm. So on her behalf, um, and uh, there are multiple memories, but I'll just say this, that there is nothing like for me personally, when, when you're standing in front of the Prophet and the Prophet said that the earth does not consume the bodies of prophets. So you realize that he's there in, in flesh and, and responds to Salam. And that's, of course, everywhere you send Salam on the Prophet, he responds. Allah, Allah has given us that miracle and that access. But when you're there and you realize your footsteps are in, are in his footsteps and the footsteps of his companions, um, for me, it was the first time like being like there, like, and like, oh my God, like, there's the no distance. It, there's yeah. no distance between me and him right now. You know, like, and that was that was special. Yeah. So that moment was was the first moment, and that moment's always a special moment. Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much for joining us, and inshallah we'll get to go together. Inshallah next year. Nai is on Hajj 2022. Inshallah. 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 Thank you so much, Sheikh Omer, for joining us, and if I'm ever able to go inshallah um definitely going to take the prep work very seriously and i'd like to thank the listeners for joining me jazakallah khair and inshallah we'll be able to fulfill our fifth pillar one day inshallah assalamu alaikum <laughs>